Discount Grocers and a Microphone. As always, I am Mike, and with me is Dylan. How's it going, Mike? Uh, doing well, Dylan. Doing well, sir. Uh, you know, I've just been here at work, grinding away, kind of, you know, putting putting in some FaceTime and stuff. How's the last uh, few days been at your store? <laughs> Nicely played, sir. Uh, my my wife gave me a few days off uh, to go uh, play some poker down in Sacramento. So anyway, that was fun. Thanks for bringing oh, that up. Cool. Once again, well, you needed it. I mean, after that uh, grueling Hawaii vacation that you took uh, the week before, I think you know this was this was really well deserved time off for sure. Uh, this bus needs oil that you just ran over <laughs> me with. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> All How'd right. you do in the, tur- in the tournament? Uh, I did, I, yeah, fifteen hundred people, and I got twenty uh, seventh place. So not what I wanted, but it was it was fun, and and I cashed, and and uh, yeah, it was a good trip. Good trip. Uh, again, Tanya was very nice to take on the kids and the store and everything. So uh, in return, I will send her to Vegas here in a couple weeks. So there you go. You're like, I just want to make very clear that Tanya is great. <laughs> She was very nice. Well, again, if she would have said, no, I'm not going to go. I mean, you know, the, the kids and the store, a uh, lot of work, a lot of work. So sure. All right. Sure. So, uh, get kind of a longer get off this topic. Let's get off this topic. Let's move it along here. All right. Was that right. smooth and not smooth? No. Um, yeah. So kind of a longer call. So I think we'll probably what keep the intro a little shorter. Uh, yeah, but yeah. let's talk about handhelds. Ooh, handhelds. Yes. Okay. Ha- has there been a store that you know of that has gone through this conversion successfully? Uh, one. Easily? But I don't know about easily. I know okay. uh, Jason at Dallas managed to get it worked out somehow. Um, but let me just tell you, my friend, and I don't know exactly what your experience is, but man, this has been a challenge. We got eight handhelds. and. I was eight. able to up. Yeah, we have eight. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. How many do you have? Five. Oh, well, there you go. It's an embarrassment of riches, I, I guess. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so we have eight handhelds, three more than Dylan. And uh, I was able to update two of them with trouble, <laughs> but I got them. And the other five, it's like the uh, the instructions that they sent out. There's like this handheld doesn't have Google Chrome icon mm-hmm. on it, so you can't go to that. This handheld doesn't have the uh, the three dots in the corner to do the uh, you know whatever override. They like it's just been weird stuff with each one, and so um, we're having to send them back in kind of one at a time to get them to update them. So now 
uh, I am up to, I think, four of the eight at this point, but it's been a weeks-long process at this point doing it, too. It has been it has been oddly complicated for what seems to be an easy thing. Now, I'm not a tech person. I'm not going to act like I know what all goes into this whole update and everything else, but it feels like we should have known how difficult this was going to be because I think when this was first brought up, it was like, oh, just do this. I'm thinking, okay, one extra hour, we got this. Uh, the other part that is baffling to me is that you have eight handhelds and you still do less sales than I do. Anyway, that's yeah. a whole different, whole oh, different yeah, topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Obviously, you know. they do not equate, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm yeah, not we, as we have, scrappy uh, and hungry as you are still, so, you know. No, we, we, have, we have two, I believe it's two now that are fully operational and, and still issues. And and we did, I think what you guys did as well is when we were having the issue with the first one, I mean, it took almost four or five days because of all the issues, them sending uh, overnight. But for us, it took two nights because of where we are located. Um, but I just need to get back on doing, you know, one, taking the four or five days, doing another one. So, which is so yeah. crazy to say. Yeah. <laughs> really, like, I just really need to get on the horse and spend four or five days per handheld to get this, <laughs> get this right. thing banged out. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't, I don't know. I mean, well, you said you're like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big tech guy, but you're, I mean, you're not, not a tech guy. I mean, you know, no, but I, I, I'm out. I don't I know. Mean, I don't know how complicated it is to do this whole update. Or again, I wasn't going to say, you know, like we do for our sometimes IT people. We're like, come on, this is simple. And they're like, well, hold on. You don't really know what we're doing with this. So, yeah. Yeah. I think part of the challenge is that there's, you know, umpteen different versions of those handhelds as well. But it would be nice. I saw a comment on this somewhere and I was like, "Ah." and I don't, maybe it's just wasn't logistically possible, but it would be nice if they had, somebody that came to the store to if it's going to be this big of a process to right could who knew how to troubleshoot things because as soon as with that kind of stuff as soon as the next step in the directions don't work i can't i'm not gonna i don't know oh okay well if i just do this then that will work i mean i don't have that kind of a insight to it so that that would have been nice having somebody come through and just do it or just send every store the number of updated handhelds, and then you send those in, and then they send uh-huh. to the next, you know, and so on. They could, oh man, yeah, yeah. Listen, so, so the next, the next handheld update, we'll just be in charge of. There okay. we go. Okay, there you go. Right. okay, I like it. So, All right, Dan well, and Sarah Mills. Yeah, Dan and Sarah call. Mills. Yeah, uh, Jim Reed Award winners, which you know we'll talk about a little bit, but uh, you know, and overall, just good salt of the earth people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think without further ado, let's get into it, huh? Let's do it. All right, and here we have Sarah and Dan Mills from the good old Oregon City store. Dan, Sarah. How you guys doing? Doing good. We're doing really good. Yeah. Glad to glad to be here and glad to see you guys and talk to you. Honored to be your guests. Absolutely. Wow. Honored. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, you guys got the coveted eleventh episode. So I don't know. You know that's right. you know some people like ten or twenty or a hundred. Eleven's <laughs> the spot. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, so Dan, Sarah, why don't you uh, tell the people a little bit about yourselves? <laughs> As Sarah giggles. <laughs> well, um, I am Sarah Mills, Dan's wife, and uh, we've been operating the store here for eight years, as Dan would say, going into our ninth year. And um, we're enjoying what we're doing still. And uh, we live a uh, about eight miles away, which is really convenient. And we, I have two stepchildren that are grown and I have a little dog and yeah, I enjoy spending time with my family outside of working here, which is often. Cool. And uh, how about you, Dan? What do you got <laughs> to say for yourself or about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, let's see. Um, been with Grocery Outlet since like 2006 and was previously the director of sales and merchandising, I think is what it was called back then. And, uh, you know, did that for almost 10 years. And uh, as Sarah said, we lived in this neighborhood and uh, knew that uh, there was a retirement coming up. And so we were lucky enough to be selected for this store. Uh, we are working on our ninth year, and it's a, a great town to operate in, and uh, uh, we're really happy here. A really good place to have a grocery outlet, and uh, the customers really respond to this uh, this store and love it, love shopping here, and, and we get told that every day, so that makes it worthwhile. So that's quite the uh, the uh, jump from kind of that uh, DSM role to uh, the operator side. What would you say is probably one of the biggest strengths that you had coming into this, being corporate prior to, and then now being an operator? Well, uh, yeah, great question, Dylan. And uh, I've been in retail um, since 1986, and I've always run stores uh, since then. And so it's just what I knew how to do. Um, and then, uh, you know, just kept messing up and getting promoted and ended up being a district manager for other companies. And, uh, uh, you know, honestly, uh, I'm at Grocery Outlet through Divine Intervention. Uh, we, um, I worked for a company called Rite Aid, and they're still in huge financial trouble. And every year they reorganize their company. And, uh, I happened to walk by when the HR director was getting let go and the secretary said to him, Hey, go to grocery outlet. My husband works there. He loves it. It's a great company. And so I heard her say that and I circled back around and I said, Hey, tell me about this grocery outlet. And she said, go meet John, which was John Tornan Casa. And so I went and met with him and he said, do you want to be an operator or do you want to be a management? And I was a little scared at the time and liked that corporate insurance. So I said, I want to be in management. And uh, shout out to Bob Tiernan. Uh, he hired me, uh, my first interview, uh, hired me on the spot. And I will be ever forever thankful to Bob Tiernan for bringing me on because it's been an awesome career ever since then. And I wish I would have known about Grocery Outlet 20, 30 years ago. Cause I wouldn't be talking to you guys cause I'd be on the beach retired. <laughs> yeah. But it's a yeah, pretty yeah. good uh, backup prize, right. To talk to us. 
maybe definitely definitely yeah worth the wait worth the wait for sure um that i would mm -hmm. add i think just i think what dylan was getting at was like what do you think your strengths are from being on the corporate side and then now coming and being an operator i mean obviously um having that corporate back background you know dan knew how had a lot of friends and knew who to talk to to get what we needed so i think that that has been um you know, really instrumental for us. So you're saying he knows how to grease the wheels. Got it. <laughs> or that he knows how to squeak and the squeaky wheel gets yeah. grease. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I, you know, I've never thought of you much as a squeaker, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> I have a lot of great friends at corporate that uh, take care of me. And one good thing about Grocery Outlet, they if you're doing well, they're going to feed that fire and they're just going to keep pumping into your store because they want to see more and more and more always right um so they just keep uh feeding that fire as as tom mcmahon used to say feed the strong and that's how grocery outlet operates they they feed the strong for sure absolutely um so enough about you dan uh sarah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so where, where, where's your background from? Where, where are you coming from to grocery outlet? You know, the yeah. eight going on nine years ago. Yeah. So, um, I worked previously for Kaiser Permanente for 15 years. Um, I worked specifically in radiology, um, in my early twenties, I got hired there, um, just entry-level job. I was an imaging assistant, um, but got to work in all modalities, uh, CT scan, mammography, um, cardiology and the echo lab is where I ended. Um, great job. Loved my job very much. Had great health insurance that was uh, free for both of us. So we missed that. Um, so I am very new to retail and I also um, did not get a training experience. So my conversion into this store was uh, bumpy to say the least. Um, I did train at Division with Mike and Tiffany for two days um, for cashier training, and then um, I got Ooh, two I got days. <laughs> <laughs> I did train also one day at McMinnville because Dan did uh, go to McMinnville and and train with um, Ed and Cheryl. Ed and Cheryl before they were they were still there. So I had one day of cashier training there as well. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my background and, and how I came in here. So, um, the first year, uh, I learned a lot. <laughs> pretty, I'm pretty smooth putting... transition sounds like from Kaizu to grocery outlet, yeah. such a similar, similar jobs. I always make jokes that like the first month I was here, I was really good at cashiering and cart roundups. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so what... So with Dan, what what was it that made you want to make the jump to operator? Was it just the opportunity that you knew Oregon City was going to be coming available and you guys lived there? Or is it something you've been thinking about for a long time? Well, uh, Mike, I was on the road for probably 15, 16 years. And, uh, you know, every night in a different hotel. And Sarah and I's first year of marriage, I would fly to Oakland travel California. My district was in California and then fly home on Friday. And after 15 years, I just spent enough time on the road and I wanted to have a sense of 
community and family and you know just have more roots uh rather than traveling all the time and traveling is great the first week after that traveling is not good and so just being able to you know i coached youth basketball here in oregon city and it was super fun and you know being able to work with some of our charities that we work with uh, i'm able to volunteer with those and so just having that part of my life um really helped uh just being home at night and plus you know i don't like to spend that much time away from my wife <laughs> sure sure and sarah was it a big i mean was it a big decision for you as well or was it uh, kind of a foregone conclusion or how close was Dan to running, being a single operator, I guess. So, you know, that's, um, no, there was a lot of thought that was, that was a very hard decision for, for me to make. And, um, you know, Dan, uh, really wanted me to do this with him. You know, there's lots of single, single operators out there, but, um, Traditionally, there's a lot of husband and wife teams out there as well. And I think that that's, I know that that's really what he wanted. And um, I'm really glad that um, I did make this decision because I don't know how he would do it without me. (laughs) True story. True story. True that, true that. So kind of going into that with you guys as operators, uh, can you kind of go over your guys' roles of how you kind of separate, yeah, work together, kind of your roles inside of a store? Sure. So um, I handle um, all of the receiving payroll, uh, 401k management, um, all of the new hire, like adding stuff. Um, basically all the office roles. And then um, Grocery Outlet did add a new cooler here in our store. And I magically got promoted to man that cooler. So all the silk milks and juices and bolt houses and things like that. Um, I order for Umqua. So milk ordering. And yeah, and I cashier a lot. There you go. You got to stick with your roots, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and and Sarah is our HR director. One thing that she learned from uh, Kaiser, they're, they're very rigid and structured. And she brought that with her. And she's the one that says, hey, uh, you cannot do that. And don't do that again. And, you know, that's a frequent thing. And uh, or I can't believe you did that. That <laughs> happens a lot as well. Um, so she brought that corporate structure with her. Um, to our store and uh, and it's definitely helpful and reels us in and reminds us that hey uh, there's there's rules to uh, being a business owner sure so Sarah you know you said that you know you're you didn't get a lot of training I mean well cashier but that's about it Um, and then also you know rolling into you know now Dan's a new operator but he'd been with grocery and in retail for so long at that point um, how, how long did it take you to kind of find your voice and establish a point of view in the store where you felt like this is, I've, I've got this every bit as much as Dan does. Well, I don't know that I'm there yet. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so I think it took me, uh, at least two years to find my voice, you know, um, there's, <laughs> there's there's uh there's so much to 
to this. Um, you know, I think the first time that we were going, we were going to win an award, um, my DSM reached out to me. And because I'd been in the store for a year, um, I took the, there was an operator test back then. The other thing that I think I left out is that I did go to GOU. So, which is, was the last class of training. I, I got to go to GOU for a week, but it was the last class. So, I mean, it was, it was informational, but you know, there was just a lot that I didn't understand. Um, but I took the operator test so that my name could be on the award because at that time it could not. So, um, I was grateful to my DSM, Dan Babb for, um, allowing me to do that. But, you know, I would say that it took me five years to really feel like, okay, like I understand all the ins and outs. Like I don't need help with inventory. I mean, I had a lot of lifelines in the beginning, um, for, you know, inventory, um, calls, um, paperwork, I guess. Um, you know, I just had a lot of people that were really supportive to me that I could call and would help me out in a pinch. And so I would say probably five years before I really felt confident that I didn't need those. And some of those people went away and don't work for a grocery outlet anymore. So that was um, like, okay, I've got to find my own legs here. Yeah. And sure. one of those lifelines was, um, well, uh, John McGinty is someone that I called frequently and Sarah talked to Linda a ton um, just in the beginning uh, because uh, they seem to have a lot of good answers. And so they were definitely a resource that we relied on uh, a lot. And, you know, John would always pick up the phone for me and the same with Linda uh, for Sarah. And so they were super helpful to us in our career. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Big John and uh, Sweet Linda. You know, they're they've been an excellent resource for myself as well. <laughs> I bet they have. Their their DNA is strong. I, I knew there was one conversation I had with John. I uh, gave him a call and I was like, I just hope he has a couple minutes. Man, he spent probably almost an hour on the phone with me um, about the potential changing of a store when I went from Airway to Klamath, and he oh. he he broke it down, no no holds barred. Just kind of said, listen, just I mean point blank you know you kind of want that real honest straightforward feedback uh no candy coating nothing i mean kind of like mike does but a little more tactful but <laughs> yeah if it was me because well it was me too and it, it was more of a it, it all came down to don't be an idiot apply for the store <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well uh getting back to you know our guest of honor here <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, one more question, well, maybe not the last question, but, um, I am curious, Dan, going from DSM to operator, were there any challenges that were unex that you didn't expect as an operator? Like when you, when you viewed op what it was to run a store and operate, I mean, you talked to a lot of people, you're in a lot of stores and stuff. Was everything as expected when you actually got into the operator uh, position or did you come up against things you're like, ah, I wouldn't have thought that or didn't expect that. I would say uh, the biggest thing was just the personnel. Uh, you know, we, uh, when we took over this store, there was uh, 15 employees and it was the, wait a minute, wait a minute. I got, I'm sorry. I got to stop right there. 15. Yes. And, and, and it was doing, 
I mean, it was doing a 180, 180. Yeah. More than 15 employees worth. Got it. Yeah. Yes. And there were some special circumstances to that. And, uh, uh, you know, so that was the biggest challenge, uh, was just to hire and hire quickly. And so, you know, we had to jump right in with that and, you know, it takes every store I've ever run, it'll take me a year to get it to where I want it with the, with the staffing and just to where it's running like clockwork, it'll take a year. And it's usually a year of six and seven day uh, weeks of working for myself. Um, but it takes, it takes a year to get it where you really want it. And so we just, the biggest challenge was just firing, uh, hiring people uh, to bring on board and that they would share our values and work alongside us and be people that we wanted to work with. And the biggest thing is just that my staff wants to work with them. And I, I tell new hires, you can get voted off the island here real quick. And we don't mess around with that. If the crew says, hey, this isn't going to work, then they go bye-bye. So with hiring, do you find that the biggest challenge is, is it is it finding is it finding people at all? Like, do you have like, as far as number of applicants and that kind of stuff, or is it, do you have plenty of applicants, but finding quality? Yeah, I would say that the latter. Yes to both. (laughs) Well, Mike, it's, it's gone up and down. Right now we're in an uptick where I'm receiving multiple resumes daily and people really are looking for work and want to work here. And so I, uh, I'm not going to say what I was going to say because that'll hex us, but uh, we have a lot of people wanting to come to work here. And so um, uh, it's it's been good because then we can be a little selective, more selective than we would be uh, in general. And uh, I've gotten some great people to come to work here that are very experienced. And the interesting thing now is it's people that are getting their second and third jobs because they need it to make ends meet. And some of those folks are fantastic. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I find, you know, it's odd. I find the biggest challenge in hiring is not for uh, departments or PICs or that kind of stuff. I find my biggest challenge in hiring is like closing merchandisers or, you know, and not that they're not an important position, not that like the other positions are more important. I feel like the, the moment you think a position is not that important, then you go without it and you're like, ah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's odd. I've, I've found I've had the most trouble with the uh, kind of entry point supporting positions more yeah. than anything. Yeah. And those are the ones that are like, have the least amount of responsibility. And normally like that's what people you know, would rather have, but, um, I would agree, but I would also say that, you know, it's the quality, um, you know, we might have a lot of applicants, but it's not always, um, a great fit. And it's not like back, you know, when we were going through COVID where it was like, oh, um, okay, you're breathing. Yeah. We'll take you because we need you, you know, (laughs) you know, you, we have to be more selective. How many employees do you guys run with now? Uh, right now, I'm going to say between 32 and 35 right in there. Okay. And and uh, is it how how big is your part-time pool? Is it smaller, uh, larger? You know, I, I would say at least a third, I would say, as part-time. There's 
and that's a tough thing. We have a lot of people that only want to work two days a week and a lot of people that only want to work four days a week. And so that can make it challenging uh, when you're writing the schedule. Sure, sure. Although I feel like I have the opposite problem a lot of the time is that everyone wants full time, which is fine. But, uh, you know, then you're trying to get everybody their hours and you yeah, know, where you don't have as much flexibility for call offs and that right. type of thing. Right. So right. Uh, I, w- I wish I had a few more part time. Maybe we can swap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't want to go to full time either, though, Mike, do you? <laughs> no, I, I count myself as one of those part-time employees. Don't okay, worry. <laughs> so I want to jump to training real quickly because you know, you know, Sarah, you kind of mentioned that you know you got a little bit of training in the beginning. Um, what is one part of the AOT training that we as a company maybe need to think about changing or, or adapting to a little better? Because it sounds like a lot of AOTs are coming out of the program either. Uh, maybe lacking certain things or just not enough training because back in the day you had a lot of resources you met a lot more people GOU was a longer process and now kind of people are coming in uh, a little more green and also just not as many uh, people under their belt like there used to be what's something you think we should look at adapting to or yeah you know it's always really discouraging to me when I meet AOTs that tell me that you know they're throwing freight and the wife is in the check stand because that was like, that was so 20 years ago, you know, Um, I would say inventory, just inventory paperwork. I mean, not just prepping it and like what the aisle looks like, but the paperwork portion. I think that, you know, as operators, we're so in control of that. And it's such a volatile, like situation that, you know, not everybody's like, willing to just like, okay, here you go. Like, you know, but, um, allow AOTs, uh, to do that and stand, you know, over their shoulder or recheck it or, you know, to make sure that it is accurate. But, um, that's, that would be my suggestion. And, and Dylan, I would just add the financial aspect and the business ownership aspect. That's where people need to learn. And that's, you know, where they could fail, um, those those two things. And and the other thing, uh, this is a tough business and they have to have the grit and the desire to want to succeed. And if that's not in them, then they're not going to make it. So they have to have that grit to be able to stick to it. And sometimes uh, it could turn into a grind and you have to go through it to come out on top. And some people may not want to endure that. You know, I wonder too with that, um, and I don't know what the success or failure rate of AOTs is, and maybe it's excellent, maybe it's same as it ever was, whatever. But uh, I wonder sometimes. I think because I think most operators, you know, enjoy what they're doing. You know, the benefits far outweigh the 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 bad stuff. But when you know people are coming to talk to different stores about grocery outlet, I wonder uh, if they don't necessarily get the whole picture all the time, right? You get people being like, oh yeah, listen, hiring can be tough, but overall it's pretty good and this and that and the other thing. And, you know, you can make some good money and da, 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 da. And then, and then when people are introduced to the reality of it, especially as we get more creative with uh, who we're bringing in as potential AOTs, right? It's not everybody has, you know, 15, 20 years with uh, Kroger or something like that at this point. If uh, they come in with a little bit of uh, two rose-colored glasses sometimes, 
Uh, w- one thing to, to say to that, Mike, is a uh, fun- funny story out of Chehalis. Uh, Steve and Nelda, when they were up there, uh, I brought one of my friends in to talk to them because he was exploring becoming an operator and he was a lifelong retailer just like me. And uh, Steve said to my friend who he didn't know was my friend, he says, hey, when they get done filling your head with BS, come back and talk to me and I'll give you the real story. <laughs> exactly. So I, I thought that was awesome. I would just say that I think that, you know, there's been some really hard days for me. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, if I would have known how hard it was going to be, if I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm going to come and be your partner. You know, um, you're right. The benefits 100% outweigh um the alternative of, you know, work in that eight to five. But I think that there's also um, a piece that comes with working like a normal job and not being a business owner, right? That you're not like always tied to it because we all know we're always tied to this, no matter if you're in Maui or, you know, locally on a hike, like you're always getting the refrigeration call or, you know, just something that's happening here. Um, yeah, I don't really remember where I was going with that, but that's okay. This is a rambly <laughs> podcast. This, yeah. is, this is right up what we do, <laughs> and you know it, it makes sense. I think, and we've talked to you know a bunch of uh, people who you know want to find out about the business, and we try to explain. You know, my, my wife and I try to be very transparent with, you know, that this is a twenty-four hour job. It, it, it never yeah. is really over, and it it's nonstop. And as you become more familiar in your store, you know, you kind of run a little more calm, and, and they see you as oh they, they don't seem all that stressed but man those first couple of years uh yeah. you have a lot of those uh behind door conversations with you know your spouse or whoever just you know you, you have some tough days and i think it's hard to portray to new people coming in saying listen you're, you're going to be at a breaking point probably several times in that first year or two years and not just like oh it's a hard day now i'm going to go home and relax i mean sometimes those days last for <laughs> five six seven days in a row or it, yeah. it can be tough whatever but you know the 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 other side of that mountain can be great and, and is great you just have to be able to get through it and and kind of be able to get through those storms. But yeah, that, that's hard to talk to a new person saying it's not just difficult. It's going to test you in ways you had no idea that no other job has tested you with. So, yeah, so totally agree. <laughs> well, switching topics. <laughs> How's that for a segue? <laughs> what, what do you got next? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, going down this. No. Uh, so I did want to talk to you, uh, to Dan about this and Sarah, I'm assuming you had something to say about it as well, but uh, you were telling me that you were looking to start up or restart an advisory panel. Um, and apparently this has existed in the past. I've never heard of it before. So give me, give me the rundown. Yeah, it's, um, we had it previously. It was an operator advisory panel and I was part of it and I would get called from time to time, uh, on certain subjects and just for my opinion, and uh, they, the leader of that uh, panel um, would then bring that to uh, GOI management. And I'm not sure who he was meeting with. And the person that used to run it has, has retired. And uh, I just, I talked to John Decker about bringing it back. And uh, specifically, 
when we were having the issue with the pinks versus freight claim for those kind of things. And, mm -hmm. you know, the, the good news about grocery outlet is they're nimble and they react quickly and they fix that issue. But it was super frustrating to me that, you know, you would send in a pink and they would say, that's not a pink, it's a freight claim. And that just became very frustrating for me and every other operator that was out there. So for those type of instances, and, and the thing we're going through with the handhelds right now, uh, that type of thing, just to be able to go to John Decker, that's who I will I will talk with, and just say, hey, here's what's happening, and uh, we, we need some help on this, and we need to course correct. And, uh, you know, John was all for it and said, yeah, you don't even have to ask me, just do it. So my, my ask would be if there's anybody out there in podcast land that would be interested, uh, please get a hold of me at the Oregon City Grocery Outlet and uh, let me know that you're interested. The commitment will be very minimal, maybe one meeting once a month, and uh, we'll talk about some topics and then I'll share uh, with uh, John what's happening and uh, what we think we can do to fix it. And the last thing I would want is to have a bitch fest. That's not what I would, uh, it wouldn't be about that. Uh, I just want constructive, hey, feedback. This is what's going on. What can we do about it? That's that's what I'm looking for. So Dylan's not invited then. <laughs> okay. uh, Dylan's the first call. <laughs> <laughs> so how many, uh, how many people are you, do you envision how many operators or is it a rotating situation? It, it won't be very many. Uh, you know, I, if I had 10 or 12, it would be surprising. Um, you know, I might pick some people off of the community board that, uh, uh, you know, are, are, uh, good at sharing their feedback. And, you know, that, that's something that has changed with our company is we have that community board now. And we also have the Facebook operators group and we solve a lot of problems on that thing. We really do. You know, people, it's amazing people reach out and say, hey, have you tried this or you should do this? And, you know, we're a helpful group. And that's that's where I'm coming from with that is to be helpful. So do you envision, uh, so say you got this, uh, this uh, you know, advisory panel and I don't know, I'll just say six, seven operators on it, whatever. Are you guys going to, be kind of looking through those, you know, community pages and this and that and trying to, and finding things that, that you think as a operator group as a whole, they need to be addressed or are you <clears throat> wanting for operators to reach out to you guys to kind of be a conduit? Like, how are you going to come up with the, is it just going to be the obvious stuff like handhelds? It would, it, it would be the second scenario, Mike, and I would hope the people on the advisory panel would have uh, topics that they bring to the table and say, hey, this is going on. What, what are you guys doing? And uh, is, is it something that uh, we can do better? Is it something we can fix? Or maybe even possibly how they're getting through it um, and correcting the, the issue that's at hand. So I'm hoping the people from the advisory panel will bring the topics. And, you know, if there's things that are uh, big that are out there, we can definitely tackle those as well. Um, similar to what's happened with, you know, the Pinks and Frank claim, which they've corrected. Uh, it could be, you know, order guide issues, uh, that type of thing. Um, and again, the company's been great at communicating with, hey, 
uh, pet food's going to be bad for a while, you know. Um, so those type of issues and, uh, you know, maybe some solves that we can come up with uh, to work around the issues that we may be having. You know, we, we talk a lot about how helpful people in this company are and what they do. I mean, this is that scenario right there where you're taking uh, kind of upon yourself to kind of get this going again to help other operators. You know, uh, that's one thing we do share with new people coming in saying, you know, this is not just you and your store or you and your DSM. This is you and so many people with ideas and thoughts and and uh, they can be there to vent or to help you solve problems. But, you know, thank you for doing that because, I mean, so often uh, we need more people experiencing the same issues. We can kind of come up with a solution faster. So, uh, thank you. And, and it sounded like Mike was kind of almost volunteering there. He was asking questions. He sounds interested. So I'll talk to him yeah. after the call about joining. Yeah. yeah call absolutely. number two. Absolutely. You're number one. He's <laughs> number two. Fair enough. You're, you're just getting the same person then. That's, that's a waste <laughs> yeah, of a seat. <laughs> uh, just a thought, just kind of off the top of my head, you know, uh, it might be kind of cool if when you guys are, uh, if you had a kind of, three or four topics if you threw it up on the operator facebook page as a poll and to the to the community and said hey which of these you know resonates with you the most where do you think you know and then as a as a way to move forward versus fielding you know a ton of different topics and this and that and the other thing that's a great, I do like the, great idea great idea uh, I do like the idea of having, I mean, I think we all have a voice, but I also think that sometimes due to the sheer number of operators and, and stuff that uh, there tends to be a lot of noise. And sometimes I would imagine it's hard for a grocery outlet to filter through the noise and kind of pick out the things that, not that everything isn't important, but the things that are kind of the most important, hit the most people, that kind of thing. So, right. uh yeah, I think it'd be it'd be nice. Nice thing there. Well, thank you, Mike. I think so as well. Well, you're very welcome, sir. Uh, hey, so you guys are Jim Reed Award winners. Yeah. That's pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Total surprise and shocker and never thought in my career that I would win that award. Uh, we, I was able to hand out several and that was quite an honor. And, uh, gave it to some really good people. And so, yeah, we were We were surprised. We didn't know um, until we were uh, down there in Vegas and got our name called. Uh, so that was just a huge surprise and a total honor. And, uh, um, you know, it was just a great, great night. And uh, can't, can't believe that happened and super thankful for it happening. Yeah, so, so nothing. They gave you no... There wasn't like that secret special room upgrade or there there for sure was the room upgrade. So if, if I, I mean, it could take me like 10 minutes to tell the whole story, but, um, we have time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Dan was going to be speaking at this meeting. Right. So, um, and I was asked to speak at the meeting as well. And I um, declined. I did not want to do that. And so that's why Dan was up on the stage uh, the, that day after we won the award by himself. But um, there was a snowstorm that was coming uh, for Portland. And Dan was bound and determined, like, we couldn't get stuck here. We had to get to Las Vegas. And so we changed our flight, called Caesars, changed our room, let him know we were coming in early, 
but we could possibly be late because we didn't fly out of Portland till like 9 p.m. So we got um, to Las Vegas. Um, we'd circled for a long time because of the high winds that we were having there during that time. And to make a long story short, they gave away our room. And so when we got there, we didn't have a place to stay. And it was really bizarre. Like everywhere we were calling was like, nope, we're full up. Don't have room for you. There was a rock and roll marathon there that, that week that we were there. And so we couldn't find a place to stay. And we were kind of starting to panic. It's like two in the morning and we don't have a room. And so, um, through some like third party booking company, um, we got into the Trump Tower. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, we got picked up by a limo, okay, from the airport, took us to Caesars, and then we got in an Uber and went to the Trump Hotel. (laughs) So, I mean... (laughs) little waypoint. Yeah, I just kept thinking to myself, oh, because, you know, Dan's speaking at this meeting, they're, like, giving him all this nice stuff, like the limo and stuff like that. So... We're at Trump Tower. Um, Dan posted on Facebook that we were not at the correct hotel and that Jason at the front desk at Caesars was a real a-hole because he was. And um, then he decided, hey, I don't want to bring this kind of negative energy to this trip. I'm just going to take it down. Well, John Decker saw it. And so he called um, around 7 a.m. So after we just had a few hours sleep and said, where are you? I'm coming to get you. Um, He came and got us, took us back to Caesars. We really had like the red carpet rolled out for us, you know, like got checked in right away, um, got into our room, which was upgraded and like super beautiful uh, suite. And so, I mean, I just kept thinking that they were doing these nice things because Dan was speaking at the meeting. And you guys had trouble getting there and the hotel got yeah. switched and all that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Yeah. So I just, I, I just really didn't think uh, anything of it. So, um, but when I, when I, when we w- would come back to our room, there was always a gift left for us. And I was like, like, a you know, like a bottle of champagne or like chocolates or like, it was just every time we left, they were, there was a gift left. And so, you know, the thought did cross my mind that maybe we are going to win an award. And I just thought it might be a star award or something. Well, now the star award is so different. Like they're, they're posting um, the the banners with, you know, your store name and your picture and stuff now. So it's not really a surprise. It's like, you know, that you're getting an award, you know. Um, but I certainly didn't think that it was a Jim Reed Award. It was a great honor. And I know it was full circle and probably a dream come true for my husband. So that was really great. Can you imagine if they accidentally gave your room away to one of the other operators and they walk in, they're like, oh my gosh, I'm probably getting the reward. And then they're like, no, you just got someone else's room. Sorry. Uh, Dylan, it was a double-sided suite with a full wet bar and it overlooked the fountains at the Bellagio. Like this room was amazing. Super yeah, amazing. It was very nice. Very cool. room they always give us. Oh yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. All right. I was gonna say next operator meeting, I'm just gonna like send small gifts to Gillen, Dylan's room every year, every day, and he'll be like, "Honey, I think we're gonna do it this year." Uh, Dylan always has a suite for um, his children and his his 
nanny that comes along with them, right, to, to babysit. Right, we we bring our mother-in-law sometimes. I don't want yeah. people to get the wrong idea. Oh, he's got a nanny he brings. No, we'll bring our mother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, he's sometime. a he's eye roller. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, traveling with the uh, with a one-year-old and a and a five. Uh, it's fun. I, we said we'd never do it again, but we do it every year. So we'll, we'll see yeah. one year, one year. We won't. You need a lot of room when you have, when you have a tribe like that. That's great. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, well, once again, I want to say congratulations. That was really cool to yeah. see you guys up there, by the way. I, I, Thank I, you I, got, I got a kick out of that as well, because, you know, I've known you for quite a while now at this point. And it's always, uh, it's always nice to see, uh, see one of your peoples there for yeah. sure uh so uh switching gears once again how's ifh going for you guys it's going extremely well um we are second place in the northwest to myrtle creek and what tom is doing down there and angie is amazing and uh we had talked to the executives after they had just visited down there and uh, they just had some great stories about what those guys are doing. So ha hats off to them and to Lompoc and uh, what those guys are doing. They're, they're amazing. Uh, we're, our team has been great. Uh, you know, we have up days and down days. Uh, we're over $10,000 right now. I think we're close to 11000 uh, what I looked at this morning. And we have some great partners. Uh, and they come and on the weekends they'll come and sit out there and it's a veterans group called uh, amen american military encouragement network and they will wear you know the hats and the uniforms and uh people tend to donate uh to our military and so after a couple hours we'll raise like 350 dollars just in two hours uh, from those guys being out there and they truly take that money and and uh feed the veterans in our community and there's a bunch of veterans that are in a hotel program where they've housed them in hotels. And so our guy that we work with directly, he brings food boxes to veterans in their hotel room. And so we make sure we have easy open stuff for them and we get little cartons of milk for them at, at times. And, uh, you know, we cater to them. And so, uh, you know, it's a, they're a great partner. And our other partner is... Uh, the Oregon City High School Pioneer Pantry, which is the, their food bank. And unfortunately, we have over 100 kids in our school that are either homeless or food insecure. So they give out up to 140 bags a week sometimes of food. And so they shop with us and we give them half of whatever we make. We're, our goal is $17,000 this year. So they'll, each of them will get half of that. And they spend it in our store, and it's uh, really awesome. And I, just seeing those folks come in shopping every week, it's that's the relationship part. And uh, we feel good about uh, raising money for them, and we know uh, it's doing good in our community. So uh, are you guys doing the cash-only donations, or are you guys still doing food bags as well? We, we, are, doing, we are doing bags. But most of our donations come from the Give Five Get Five, and and you know hats off to whoever thought of that at Grocery Outlet Corporate because that it's such an easy sell. We just say, hey, we're raising money for the high school food bank. If you donate five bucks, I'll give you a coupon for five bucks. And who's going to say no to that? You know, and that's the that's the spiel our cashiers give, and uh, it works and it works well. 
Right. So what now just out of curiosity, because I stopped doing the bags part of it forever ago. Why why do you why do you continue with the bags as well? What what do you find the benefit of that being? Well, people people do feel good picking up that bag and and ringing it up and they feel more like they're uh they're giving and what what we've done is we we total up the bags and we do give we only make a, a certain number of bags at the start and then we just total up the bag sales and we write a check to the charities uh for those bag sales is how we do it. Um, so that way they can pick the food that they want and need rather than what we shoved in a bag for them. And it's also a lot of labor to unpack the bags. And so we we just take the dollar total of the bag sales and then we donate that to them um, and then they can buy what they need. And do you guys also do other events or is it primarily just uh, them coming in, doing the parking lot event and then your cashiers? We've done a lot of events in the in the past. Um, I would say this year we don't have um, some events planned. Um, just the the charities coming on the weekends. Uh, it has basically been our events. We are trying to get Kona Ice to come um, at some point before this is over. But so far she's been pretty booked up, which is the snow cone lady, which she'll donate, you know, a portion of her profits uh, to us and we let her be here for free. So this year we don't have big plans. And Dylan, one thing I would say is do not do a dunk tank. If, <laughs> yeah. if you want to sit down uh, for the next week <laughs> after that, I think it took months for my tailbone to heal after being in the dunk tank. That was really bad. It raised a lot of money, but I had some walking and sitting problems for a very <laughs> long time. Got <laughs> I think Dylan's more of a pudding wrestling kind of guy, I mean, oh. more so than dunk tank. So, okay. yeah, uh, there's always like, next year. Wh- when's the last time you saw pudding in the order guide? Let's be honest. It's, pudding. It's, yeah, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I think I'm going to take a, a page out of Myrtle Creek's book and uh, next year, maybe I'll just. I'll kind of put it out there that I am going to stay at the beach until we reach a goal. <laughs> you know, I will not leave the beach. <laughs> Like I'm just really gonna go for it. You know? <laughs> Mike's always willing to take you. that sacrifice. Yeah. I'll support oh. you in that too. I'll, oh, thank I'll you. Yes. To that. Uh, okay. <laughs> what about you guys? Are you guys having events at your store for IFH? We, it's funny. We actually have uh, an ice company coming on Thursday to do flavored ice. Uh, originally, we were going to do it where any donation uh, received it, but uh, our store is done extremely well and our, our cashiers have just been smashing it we decided to just make it a more of a celebratory you know thank you for you know we're just shy of 10k as of right now and at first we were going to do kind of any donation but it happened to be on a third thursday and i don't know that really um that group of people are really going to want shaved ice so we just kind of figured we would just put out there for anyone who wants to come by as a thank you for them and then we also do kind of a little contest for our cashiers as well um as far as events we've done events in the past and the events haven't really done as well as our cashiers i mean our cashiers do just such a phenomenal job of raising from almost start to finish now obviously that first 10 days is different than those last 20 right right um, 
but but they really just they they take it upon themselves. There's a lot of pride um, that that they have to try to just kind of be on top or to not be on the bottom, which is you know great. And so we don't do outside events as much just because we haven't had to. And it's one of those things where I'm not going to reinvent the wheel when you feel like your results are, are pretty well. So yeah. So the one thing we're doing this year, and it actually came to us uh, in a not great way, but uh, one of my cashiers uh, tripped over the scanner cord, you know, the hand scanner at the register and went down pretty hard and has a hairline fracture in her hip now. And, you know, so anyways, so, uh, you know, she's she's light duty, can sit down. So what we did, it was fortunate that it happened at this time versus another time. Uh, we parked her out front to talk about IFH, but I felt like the problem with that a lot of times is like getting people to come over and talk to you to an extent. And it's like, you know, what are you doing here? <clears throat> so we got one of the, uh, the spin the wheel thing. And basically, uh, in any any time when somebody donates the $5, they go outside to her show, they got the coupon and then they get to spin the wheel. And if they land, they have a 50, 50 chance of landing on a space where we will donate an extra dollar on top of their donation kind of a thing. But the idea being that people see the wheel, they see people spinning the wheel, they say, oh, what's going on here? And then she yeah. can let them know, oh, we're doing this give five, get five. You know, if you donate $5, you get a coupon and you get a spend for a chance to kind of supersize your, your donation. And, and that's been working uh, pretty well. It'll it'll cost me a little extra money, but well worth it, I think. That great, is great genius. Idea. That's good. Isn't it funny how that wheel just like brings people in? Like, <laughs> man, when we do events, we do national night out and we take our wheel and we have like the old wheel. I was going to ask if you have the large one, the one that you can hear um, from like a mile. Yes. Away. Exactly. And yeah, somebody just did a bunch of work on it too. Cause we've taken it out a few times. I'm like, this thing is on its last leg, man. So finally um, it's all in repair now, but yeah, it's so loud. Right. And it's so heavy to transport. <laughs> Do you have it uh, just where it stands by itself or did you put wheels on the bottom? It just stands by itself and so we always put weight on the bottom of it too. Got it. So we bought uh, one of the, uh, they're like 20 bucks, the Harbor Freight, the little piano um, movers, movers and yeah. bolted it through. Uh, this is for our other big wheel we had. So much easier. You can move it all around. It stays, you know, and then you put weight on top of it when you're parked, uh, but allows you to take it from your truck to wherever. So much easier. So. Okay. Good. Good. Good to know. I use uh, that as my weightlifting exercise. I carry that thing around and do curls with it while I'm walking it through the park. That's uh, image ever. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've talked about uh, I, IFH. I want to kind of talk yeah. one more thing about your guys' partnership. So uh, advice for new operators when it comes to working with their spouse because uh, as we all know uh you learn a lot about yourself and your spouse during this process um advice on how to work together peacefully for as long as you guys have and longer so i would say and I remember this in the beginning, it was like, okay, what are you going to do? And I didn't know what I was doing. So I couldn't verbalize what my duties or what I was going to do. Right. But I think that just having like really clear, um, 
guidelines on, okay, this is what I, or this is what I want to do, or this is what I need you to do. Um, having those spelled out. Um, so each person kind of, um, has a similar load, or if somebody does have a lot on their plate, um, that the other one can step in and say, okay, what can I take off your plate to help you today? Cause I know that you have, you know, payroll due receiving to be final, you know, all the things or order to be in by a certain time. Um, so I would say just defining in the beginning, like who's going to do what and, um, what that's going to look like. And that's my advice. And, and I would I would add to that just what Sarah just said to happen yesterday and just the communication piece of uh, make sure that you're communicating with each other about what's going on and what you're doing. And, and I asked her, hey, what can I do for you to take off your list? And she had a large list yesterday. Uh, she worked till seven o'clock last night. I actually cooked dinner. I almost screwed it up, but I pulled it out at the end. It turned out good. <laughs> Uh, but I did mess it up at the beginning, but I, I was able to rally and we had great steaks for dinner and a nice pasta salad that Sarah had made previously. But I just asked her what, what I can do to help, uh, knock things off of her list. And, uh, inadvertently I took two things off of her list yesterday just by, uh, by doing them. And, uh, she said, great, I can scratch it off. So that communication piece and also in me cooking dinner rarely happens because, uh, I'm not that great of a cook and Sarah's a fantastic cook, but that happened last night. And I know that was a good weight off of her shoulders. Okay. So where'd you order the steaks from? <laughs> uh, the spot box, the two pack New York. I actually, <laughs> I actually had to purchase them and bring them home That's and, right. and then he cooked them and then he brought them in and they were raw, like so raw. <laughs> He's like, I'll be right back. Yep. Yeah. A little flash seer, a little flash. Oh wait. Here. And you, yeah. and you delivered. Oh man. Okay. Oh. I got to write this down. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, listen, you guys are having a heck of a year, uh, sales wise this year after having a pretty darn good year last year, for sure. What's, uh, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I, I wish that I could tell you, <laughs> I, I really wish that I could tell you, you know, I really wish you could too. <laughs> I mean, uh, all I can say, and you know, I, I know that I said this at the operator, like God is just blessing us. Like he just, it, like it is organically happening. Like I, I can't say that we have changed or reinvented the wheel or reached out. I mean, it just is, it's just happening. I don't know if people are just coming to us more because of the economy uh, or if you know, like Safeway is just driving them here because the prices there are just insane. But I mean, it is, it's just, it's really happening naturally in my opinion. And um, yeah, our team is so excited for it. And that has been really um, exciting for us too. So. Well, you've thoroughly deflated me, by the way. So, <laughs> you know, I was like, I got all excited because I was like, oh, yeah, I got real close to Oregon City last year. I got, might do it this year. Nope. <laughs> um, well, our, our goal now is just to catch up with Lambert out there in Central Oregon, yeah, man. He is, he's going it. crazy. And oh, so yeah, that, that's our goal is to catch up to him. But uh, yeah, the sales have been a huge, huge blessing. And uh, the customers are really responding to the store and 
a lot of word of mouth. They're telling their friends to come in and, uh, you know, that's been great. We, we do run some mailers every, uh, every, uh, month, uh, with a $5 off and a, we added a $3 off and we do that with the, uh, happy Valley and Oak Grove store. And that's been very successful. And I think just the economy and also what's happening in our town with, uh, help in other stores, uh, they don't get taken care of at Winco and Safeway uh, like we take care of them. And we have a lot of regular customers. They know our staff and they know we take care of them. And I always tell our crew, you know, that's the most important thing is we take care of the customers here. That's that's our most important thing. You know, I want to real quickly talk about Sarah's answer. So, you know, very humbling answer to say it, it's happening organically and oftentimes it does, but I think more times it's about what you're doing in the store. Like you said, your employees are excited about the sales. That isn't probably because they're really excited. They're excited because you guys are excited. You create that culture and it's so obvious. I mean, you go into other stores and you feel people can either just be miserable or frustrated. And, and there's a different feeling in a lot of our stores. And I'm going to guess a bigger part has to do with what you guys are doing for sure. Um, and I want to also thank you uh, for humbling Mike. Cause it's always nice to have him. He say, dang it again, they got me yeah. again. So that's, that's fun for me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's so exciting to watch all of us grow. And like, I mean, I've, uh, there, there were, I mean, I don't really remember when I, I feel like I haven't looked at it for a while, but I mean, there were some days that you have beat us, Mike, like, yeah, and there's that, been like two, I think, in the last <laughs> decade or so, like something like new that. Subject, but yeah, new subject. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's exciting to see other people, you know, um, I feel like, you know, when, when we first took over the store, like, you know, you're just killing it because there was so much low hanging fruit and we went through COVID and just battled, right? Like it was just like such a grind and probably the hardest time of my life. And so to get on the other side of that and just have like, all of this happening naturally, like it's, I mean, it's amazing. And, um, to be grateful and to, you know, acknowledge that is, I don't know, it's just, it's really unbelievable. And um, it is exciting to have your team excited about it. I know on one of your recent podcasts, I know you guys said, you know, it sounds easy, but it's really hard to just like, fill it up, keep a clean store, right? And to just like, sell it, but it, it sounds easy. But it's not it's, you know, it's hard work. Um, but our customers are very receptive to it. And, you know, sometimes you get the same customer saying like, you know, we love your store, we, you know, but it's just happening so much more now. It's like, people really do love our store. We really try to keep it clean. And we always keep it full. And they just keep coming back. And it's great. <laughs> Well, there you go. Keeping it clean and full and keeping them coming back. <laughs> now, now well, I don't know if you I don't know if you gave them any kind of heads up. Uh, but did you ask them about the quote already? No, I didn't. I, okay, I, this so, is falling off. So I well, let's you do it know. Now. So so do okay. you guys have a quote that you love or that you live by or something that resonates with you that you want to say? Well, Dylan, as frequent listeners to the podcast, we knew that that question would be coming up. So we were prepared for that. And so, yes, we, we both have uh, quotes. 
Uh, I'll go ahead and share mine, and it's from the great uh, Bruce Lee, uh, Enter the Dragon, one of the best movies ever. Uh, Bruce Lee just said that there are no limits, there are only plateaus, and you must not stay there, you must go beyond them. And I have that hanging on my wall in my office at my home, and that's our business right there. You know, we, we reach a top, and then there's a new top. So uh, that's something that's really stuck with me. And mine, because, uh, you know, during COVID, I had to jump on the Peloton platform. <laughs> okay. And uh, so mine is Live, Learn, Love Well by Emma Lovewell. She's one of my favorite instructors. And uh, she has a new book out that I just read. And um, so that's mine. You got to live. You got to learn. And you got to love people well, man. Mm -hmm. There you go. There you have it. Well, with that, I just want to say thank you guys for coming on the podcast. It was really a pleasure chatting with you. And, uh, you know, I know Dan didn't really want to do it. Sarah was all about it. So I appreciate Sarah, you dragging Dan on here. Uh, it was, you know, kudos to you for that. <laughs> oh, you're hilarious. It was an honor. And thank you guys so much for having us as your guests. All right, thank Absolutely. you guys. Episode 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for episode 11. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. Well, we'll we'll chat soon, I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Tell right. we'll we'll and Danny hello. Will do. We okay. Will. Bye guys. Well, welcome back, Mike. Well, thank you, sir. Uh Dan and Sarah. Easy, easy going peeps. Right. We just talked about that. It, it was so just not just fun talking to them, just natural. They just sound like really good people. And I haven't had the luxury of really hanging out with them much other than, you know, a couple of meetings here and there. But uh, yeah, they just seem like good people. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, you really haven't. I mean, I, because Dan was, well, not my DSM. Uh, when I worked at my dad's store, Dan was the DSM Okay, at that point. So I got to know him then. And then, uh, and then obviously just being in the same region, you know, see him and talk to him uh more but uh but yeah no i've i've always enjoyed i've always enjoyed dan and and it's always cool to to talk to uh someone like sarah as well who uh you know this wasn't her gig her bag and uh you know but really kind of jumped in both feet and and is is making it happen so all right, so let me ask you because you kind of got to work with, uh, you know, Dan Mills a little bit as a DSM, uh, and you have Dan Babb now. Who's a better DSM? Uh, Eric Sapp. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't have Dan Mills or Dan Babb as a DSM anymore. So, you know, <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, okay. Well, wow, so, no hesitation. Oh, either. sorry. Yeah. So, so am I. I was just so, joking. I was just like jokes, you know. It's, uh, no. <laughs> so you're so you're what you're no, thinking is you're trying to get another cooler. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm working on it, man. I'm working on it. Quit uh, blowing all up right. my spot here. Uh, no, actually, I've you know I've been fortunate. They've all been. Uh, I didn't. I really didn't experience Dan Mills as a DSM right. because you know I was just you know my dad's kid and a store manager at the time. So, um, you know, I I knew him and talked to him a couple times, but not too much in the capacity of operator dsm um but i feel very fortunate to have uh had a uh, dan uh dan bab and then to roll from dan bab into eric sap i mean i think the the dsm pool as a whole is really great but yeah. um you know dan was a really good dsm and so 
you know, when I was uh, shuttled away from his, you know, thrown out of his district, like dirty laundry, uh, I was happy to land in uh, Saps district. That, that worked right. out pretty well. So, and I want to say just because you own the McMinnville store, uh, you're still his son, though, by the way. So uh, I don't know that you're still your own identity, Mr. Mike McGinty, but I think you're still John's son. So big John's. Yeah. Son. You yes. know, you're always yep. going to be. Yeah. That's how I you got I, I can, That's who you are. So I can, I can live in that shadow. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, you know? Real quickly. Uh, I yeah. want to, I want to say a quote that I remembered when we were talking about quotes uh, with Dan and Sarah and it reminds me of COVID. So it's, and you know, he brought the Bruce Lee quote. So it, it's the Mike Tyson quote. Uh, Everyone has a plan until they get in, in the face. And you brought this up one other time. And I think about that so often in our store, like you go in with this idea. Um, but yeah, I think you brought that up, you know, a few months ago. Uh, so often you have that plan and then all of a sudden just bam, something happens and whole nother set of uh, agenda for the day. You know, that's a, week. that is a great quote. And the only thing that would make it better is if you said it in the voice of Mike Tyson. Well, next call. We'll see. <laughs> okay, we can work on it. All right. Right. Well, speaking of next call, speaking of yeah. next call, uh, who do we got, Dylan? We have Roger and Heidi from Modesto. Uh, you know, I've actually never spoke to them. I feel like I've actually met uh, through this so many new operators I haven't spoke to. Uh, but I do, I do know of Roger's videos he puts out for wine sales. And I mean, they're quite hilarious. So really looking forward to chatting with him because uh, he seems like he is going to be uh, a very fun character. And is Heidi also going to be on that call? Uh, Heidi uh, has plans that involve anything other than being on that call. So, so maybe <laughs> what, I what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> so there, so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> okay. So at this point, Roger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roger, Roger Kester. Yeah, okay. we'll see. We'll see. She'll be with us in spirit, you know? Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, actually, it was kind of cool, kind of fun. Uh, Roger had put up a, you know, his anti-inflationary, like, epic <laughs> audio thing on the Facebook page, and I had commented on it because I was feeling inspired. And uh, Sean Tharp uh, commented, please, please put them on the podcast. So I was like, all right, done, done. So I, I, I apologize. I did not consult you first, Dylan, but I figured you'd be okay with it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, it was good talking to you, Mr. Mike. Absolutely. You as well, Mr. Dylan, Dylan Doug. And yep. uh, we'll see you next time, my friend. Sounds good. Talk to you later.
everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. You're like the most important people in our lives. Well, that's not, I mean, we have our wives and our kids and stuff, but you, you know, you're very important to us. And, and we really, really do appreciate you.